Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, we have somebody who is an expert in one of my favorite drinks. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. Hi, my name is Kelsey Lukes, and I am an expert in coffee, or I guess more so an expert in being a barista. I worked at Starbucks for six years and then other coffee shops for a couple more years. So I feel like I have a pretty good base of knowledge on being a barista in coffee. Excellent. That is something I have done a considerable amount of research on. And Mm -hmm. my understanding of coffee and barista culture goes all the way back to the first coffee shop that opened in Constantinople in either 1475 or 1550. There's a huge gap in terms of when it possibly opened. But the thing is, when people talk about this, is that it was brought over coffee, I, I mean, was brought over by the Ottoman Turks at that time. And so it's like, this is the first coffee shop that opened in Constantinople, but there probably was some coffee shop well before that. That's This is just the first documented one. And it was called Kiva Han. And it's actually pretty shocking because the baristas at this establishment weren't that far off from baristas now. It was mostly French press mostly kind of a Turkish coffee with the with the grounds still kind of mixed in, but obviously not so many espressos, espresso machines, you know, a little bit harder to do back then. But, you know, they did have aprons. They did have the whole dynamic of announcing people's names and mispronouncing people's names. It's been integrated into coffee culture from the very beginning. And I just think that that's one of the most fascinating things here. We have it We have it perfectly set up. Another interesting thing I found was in the 1600, coffee was actually blessed and baptized by the Pope. So it would be acceptable for Christians to drink. And this is actually something that a lot of energy drinks have tried to do in the years subsequent to it, such as like Red Bull did a very famous and notorious attempt to do this. Same with Monster Energy Drink. And most recently, Bang Energy did it and they pushed to get their Bang and baptized by the Pope, Pope Francis. (laughs) And that's actually what led to their bankruptcy because they put so much money into Bang Baptism. The Bang Baptism Mm. that it ultimately just bankrupted the company that's that's why we will not have bang very very soon stock up if you if you haven't a lot of people think that coffee was introduced to america in 1607 at the jonestown settlement but my understanding is that it actually was introduced in 1585 at the roanoke settlement the roanoke colony the one that famously Mm -hmm. disappeared and within five years the colony quickly disappeared. A lot of people think like, oh, it was something mysterious. They were, you know, maybe killed, maybe they left, who knows. But actually, I believe that is that they drank too much coffee and got so consumed with the concept of coffee and the fact that America should become this coffee empire, that they actually decided to leave and disseminate coffee beans throughout the Americas. So you will still find coffee, wild coffee, from these people from the Roanoke colony dispersed all around, mostly in the east, a little bit in the west now. It's kind of spread around. But, you know, a lot of people have the idea of Johnny Appleseed. 
Johnny Appleseed inspired by these Roanoke colonists mm -hmm. spreading around this these coffee beans. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about coffee is that it kind of brings people together and just kind of unites people on like a, you know, a daily routine. Based on what you've heard so far about how much of that would you say was accurate? Honestly, I would give you a solid B plus if I was grading okay. paper. Okay. B plus. I like it. I like it. Yeah. What is your, what is your background with coffee? When did you get started at it? I started working in coffee when I was 19. It was my way of putting myself through school, but it, I guess, became a bit of a passion along the way because you have to make things you do all the time, your passion, or else you'll get really sad. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. The point you brought up about the Turkish coffee was actually really interesting because that is one of the more ancient forms of coffee that mm -hmm. exists. So I actually wrote down, nailed it with underlines <laughs> under it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, maybe there's some arguments against that, but a Turkish coffee is really cool. Like you said, it's super finely ground coffee, like finer than any espresso ground, almost to the point where it's like a dust. Mm -hmm. And then it's combined with water and put into this really hot sand where it steeps together. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the original forms of coffee that kind of kick-started how we consume coffee today and that's still consumed around the world Turkish mm -hmm. coffee but yeah I mean coffee is really interesting because it comes from a wide variety of cultures mm -hmm. like I think a lot of what we think about now with coffee is more like Italian espresso right. drinks mm -hmm. which are basically what places like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, your standard chain coffee places, that's what they're working off of, mm -hmm. is that kind of vibe. That's super concentrated, super, presumably super strong coffee. Yeah, but the interesting thing actually is that espresso is less caffeinated than just a standard cup of brewed American coffee. That's a mm. fun fact. Interesting. If you get like a standard latte with two shots of espresso versus like an eight ounce cup of brewed coffee, the kind brewed with like a standard percolator, like in a diner or whatever, mm -hmm. your standard brewed coffee is going to have a lot more kick in it. Interesting. So, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a fun thing. Another thing that dictates the caffeine in coffee is how dark it's roasted. Okay. I'm curious, do you think a dark roast coffee or a light roast coffee would have more caffeine? I would think that a light roast coffee would have more caffeine. Yeah, good. That's always something that people aren't so sure about. People think the darker the coffee, the stronger it is because it tastes stronger. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It is the blonder coffee because when we roast coffee, we basically, the longer you roast it, the more caffeine you're extracting out of it. Mm -hmm. So the blonde coffee that hasn't been roasted very long has more caffeine in it. So if you really want the most bang for your bucks at like a Starbucks, you're going to want to get a blonde brewed coffee. That's going to give you that kick that you need to start your day. Very nice. That's good. To, that's good to know. Yeah, I remember when they kind of rolled out the blonde coffee uh, a couple of years back and they're just like, oh, like this is a brand new thing. And I'm like, that's just a light roast. Like what is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like... it's just a pretty name for a light roast. <laughs> yeah. People have been doing that for forever. But, you know, let people brand things how they want to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But it's interesting that you bring up kind of the advertising around coffee, especially at these chains, because a lot of that advertising ends up being around my favorite part of coffee, which is how coffee kind of brings us together within Mm -hmm. this like culture of consuming a product. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have that throughout our culture with like bars and things like that. But when it comes to caffeine, coffee is really where you can get together with people and enjoy a product together that gives you a boost for your day. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I looked into a bit was the old coffee houses, these you know, third space, this meeting place kind of dynamic where people could come together. And it was like, oh, I'm going to go to this place during the day and like hang out and I'm going to run into this famous philosopher, this famous artist. And I'm like, oh, that's really, it's amazing that that kind of, you know, culture started very early on with the coffee houses. And now we have it with people coming and spending eight hours on their laptops in in a Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like philosophers like Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir were huge in the coffee shop scene. That's where we got so much of our kind of philosophical understanding of, you know, life and its meaning and all of that. And that just kind of surrounded coffee, which is so cool. Absolutely. Uh, And now, you know, yeah, it's just this casual thing we can do now where we just go get coffee with a friend you haven't seen in a while or grab a coffee with your boss to schmooze a little bit. Or, yeah, take your laptop and do work and just sit in the vibe of a coffee shop. Right. Exactly. Just enjoy the free internet. Yeah. Yeah. The free internet's always a good thing. But there are those coffee shops where they're like, pretend it's the 90s and don't don't use the internet. Right. Yeah. They, they really want that vibe of like, be present in a coffee shop. I've, I haven't been to one of those in quite a while, but those are always a fun kind of step way back machine but i do find that those places have the best coffee oh yeah i mean and do you think that that's a dynamic of you being able to be focused on the coffee more like you as a personal your personal experience of the coffee or do you think that those places tend to be a little bit more mindful about how they roast or how they prepare the coffee i think it's a mindfulness honestly i think it's a mindfulness both in the processes leading up to making a cup of coffee and then Mm -hmm. during making the actual cup of coffee. I think there's just a lot more mindfulness and being present in the process. Like I can use my personal experience from say working at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You're not present. You're just trying to get through your day and slam through as many lattes as you can before your shift is over. Right. But when you're working at a more specialty coffee place, Your beans are selected so carefully. They're sometimes roasted on site or locally Mm -hmm. to like a really high standard. And then when you make that cup of coffee, you have the appreciation of all of the things that have led up to this moment and the moment that you're creating for your customer. And so I think just all along the line, there's so much more care in a place like that. Yeah. Not to slander Starbucks. I, right. I know plenty of people care at Starbucks. Oh, right. I, yeah, I think it's the dynamic of if people looking at it as work or we're looking at it as like kind of a community. And I think that there are Starbucks definitely where, especially during certain times of the day when it's a little less busy and you can kind of chat and like have that kind of group dynamic. 
versus like first thing in the morning, that kind of that rush and how that might affect people's ability to like, you know, put the care and effort in that you normally would. Yeah. And I will also say the Starbucks I worked at were in the middle of New York City. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this from outside of a big urban center like that, you may have more community in your local Starbucks. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I went to a Starbucks in Plano, Texas, not too long ago, and it was just a fantastic little community of people gathered around and uh, just people shopping and hanging out and meeting up and like just running into people. I love the dynamic of going to a coffee shop and running into somebody I haven't seen in weeks. It's just so so much fun. When you make coffee, how how do you like your coffee? I am very simple when it comes to coffee now. Now that Mm -hmm. I don't work in coffee anymore, I drink significantly less coffee. Mm -hmm. But if I do go to a coffee shop, I'll usually just get like a latte or a cortado. Okay. Uh, If you're not familiar with what those drinks are, a latte is going to be some espresso and then some foamed milk. Mm -hmm. And a cortado is just that on a smaller scale, say the same amount of espresso, but only a couple of ounces of steamed milk. I see. So, you know, nice and simple. You really get the qualities of the espresso still, but I'm not a big black coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. I think the purists that can do that, more power to them, but I like a little bit of something. Absolutely. If people wanted to learn more about you or they wanted to learn more about coffee, what would you recommend to them? Where would you direct them? Yeah, if you want to learn more about me, you can find me on TikTok and Twitter. TikTok is at gender in this economy. And my Twitter is at stepdaddykells, K-E-L-Z. And if you want to learn more about coffee, I frankly can just tell you that YouTube is going to be your best resource. There are so many beautiful short documentaries about coffee on YouTube. And as far as specific companies to look at, I would follow Counterculture Coffee on Instagram. Okay. They taught me pretty much everything I know at in-person classes, and they have some really great social media resources too. Fantastic. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt Splaining. <laughs>